Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we'll be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, to discuss all the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YPSport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. Yorkshirepost.co.uk. This week I'm joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner. Morning, Stuart. Good morning, Mark. Morning. Um, Starting with our first topic of this week's conversation, um, Huddersfield Town have signed ex-Sheffield Wednesday centre-back Tom Lees. Um, my question for you, Stuart, is do you believe he'll be able to strengthen de- uh, their defence? Um, well, I certainly have to because um, strengthening the defence is, um, is a big priority for Huddersfield this season and really should be. Um, and I think... Um, I think more than anything, it's going to bring them a lot of um, experience that they need because um, when you look at the way they've um, they've revamped things, they've uh, they've let go uh, Richard Keogh, Richard Stearman, uh, Tommy Elphick, and Christopher Schindler since uh, since last season. Obviously, Tommy Elphick didn't play, but nevertheless, that's a lot of um, lot of experience gone. Mm. Um, so they they need they need the um, the extra now. So I think that that Tommy Lee's will will bring to the group, um, you know, from his time, particularly at Sheffield Wednesday, but also at Leeds. Um, they've, they've, they've brought in Levi Colwell, who's a very highly rated 18-year-old centre-back from Chelsea. He's in on loan, but obviously um, experience is, is certainly something he lacks. Um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully Leeds can, Leeds can add that to, to the squad. I think, I think the only slight concern is that uh, he looked a little bit uncomfortable last season um, under Darren Moore, just trying to trying to play out to the back. I think I think from memory that there was a home game against Swansea where uh, he he was caught out a bit through it. it. It's not really his game. I mean, that's not that's not a, a criticism of of him. That's just the style of defender he is, mm-hmm. um, and it, it is something Huddersfield might try to do. So. Um, yeah, how he will fit into that is probably um, is probably the only concern. But certainly, he's a he's a, he's a quality player um, with uh, with plenty of championship experience, and um, and that's that's uh, that's something Huddersfield will be uh, will benefit from. Mm. And um, going back to uh, to what you mentioned about all the other departures that um, uh, Huddersfield have had, um, mm. do do you believe that there will be more business that that will be required for them to to sort of uh, strengthen their defence or possibly even their striking force at all? Um, I, think the, I think there will be more business. Um, the question for Huddersfield, as we've kind of mentioned before on this podcast, is um, when they do it and how significantly they do it. There seems to be um, a move to move on Isaac and Benza and Janino Bakuna, who are two of the last sort of hangovers from the 
from the days of the Premier League wage bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, neither of those are being considered for selection at the moment. That's clearly a, uh, a sign to them and to everyone else that, that Huddersfield want them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if and when that happens, then I expect there'll be a, re- a reinvestment of at least some of that money. Yeah. Uh, the question is, you know, how how early in the window they can do it. If they both go... Uh, if they both go on the evening of the of August the thirty first, it'll be a bit like Hull um, City a couple of years ago when Jared Bowen and, and Kamil Krasitsky left basically too late for that for that money to be reinvested. So Huddersfield will want that business to be done quickly, and then there's the business that they don't want done, um, which is there is understandable. Uh, understandably considerable interest in Lewis O'Brien, who's been terrific for Huddersfield the last two seasons. Mm. Um, they will face a bit, a bit of a battle to keep hold of him. Um, but again, if he if he was to go, and there's been there's been talk of interest from Leeds, there's been talk of a ten million pound bid from Leeds. Um, if that were to come to fruition and he and he was to leave, then obviously that money uh, could be and would need to be reinvested. But I, th- I think at the moment it's it's kind of waiting on those on those outgoings. You know, they've, they've brought in they've brought in uh, a new right back, uh, three new centre backs now. Um, they've, they've brought in Jordan Rose up front. I think that, I think they've addressed the areas Lee Nichols and goal that they that they wanted to address within with, without spending any money, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of transfer fees. Uh, there's kind of a second phase to come, really, and and it 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 depends. I say it will depend on outgoings as to as to the scale of that and and and, and when it gets going. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to see what uh, what is lying in wait at Huddersfield Town. Um, yeah. And going well, st- staying with Huddersfield Town. Um, I saw that they were able they were able to overcome Sheffield Wednesday in the EFL Cup. And what I wanted to ask you was, uh, were there any players that stood out uh, for you? And does this give any clues on the upcoming season for, for both clubs? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, to, to, to stick with Huddersfield, O'Brien looked the class player he is. You know, if, if it was uh, it was a sort of performance uh, that will only encourage other clubs who are interested in him. But mm-hmm. um, on the positive side, I thought Scott Hype, Played very well as well in in the centre of midfield. Um, it was the sort of performance that suggested he could pick up some of, some of the slack if O'Brien leaves. I don't think I don't think he would completely do the job of replacing him. But you know there was a bit of light, uh, a bit of light there to suggest that um, he could he could do a big job for them if O'Brien leaves and if O'Brien stays, as all Huddersfield fans obviously hope. Mm. Um, he could work. He could work well alongside him too. So that was that was very encouraging. Um, encouraging for both sides is that they they kept a clean sheet. Um, I say, given that we've all given what we've just said about Huddersfield and obviously the problems that Sheffield Wednesday had being relegated last season, that that was hugely encouraging. Um, Lee Nichols saved saved two penalties in the shootout for Town, so that will do his confidence a lot of good because. Um, it's clear now he's going to start the season as first choice goalkeeper ahead of Ryan Schofield. Um, so obviously, you know, you want you want that morale boost. You want the morale boost of going through to the to the next round. That the the thing that they will have to address um, in terms of in terms of these signings still to come is, is to just give themselves a bit more up front. You know, Danny Ward. We we wait to see 
we, we we wait to see what he can be like with a you know with a a run of games behind him but he, he's still not he, he's he's not yet convinced at Huddersfield uh, John Rose came off the bench to a lot of booing for the Shef- from the Sheffield Wednesday fans and um, had a couple of good chances later on which he didn't take. Hmm. He showed some he showed some character putting his penalty away, but um, you, you do feel they need some more goals. Sober Thomas came off the bench and looked good again as he did at the end of last season. Um, there's still uh, Daniel Sanani, I think only played about five minutes when stoppage time was thrown in. They're looking to him to provide a bit more attacking threat. So, yeah, there's, there's certainly work to, to do at that end. For, from Sheffield Wednesday's point of view, I think the big the big highlight, again, was defensively. There were some absolutely terrific um, defensive tackles mm-hmm. uh, and interceptions by them. Uh, one by Jack Hunt, one by Sam Hutchinson uh, to the night road, uh, roads late on. And there was a terrific performance from Barry Bannon uh, but I do, I do think Bannon's in a slightly different boat to Lewis O'Brien. Mm-hmm. There'll be, there'll be Wednesday fans equally twitchy about whether Bannon's going to stay in this transfer window. But I mean, it, it was a, a hugely committed performance from him. Some of his tracking back, considering that's not the, you know, the strongest part of his game, was just outstanding. And everything he does and everything he says um, gives the impression that that this is a player who's really determined to stay okay. and to take Wednesday back into the uh, into the division so that's that I think is is hugely encouraging for their um, for their chances of promotion this season hmm. because i mean l- last season he he did very well uh, with with putting in performances for them so for for him to to be talking as if he he's ready and willing to stay that will be just immense um joy to um to the fans, yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's based. He is. He is a top championship midfielder. So it's understandable that that fans will be worried that he will go back to the championship. But mm. <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me. But <coughs> sorry, Mark. I'll just <coughs> start that again. That's fine. Voice went then. Um, right. Start again. Yes, he's um he's a he's a championship mid. Fielder, top top end of the championship midfielder, which is why Wednesday fans would understandably be worried that he's going to end up back there. Mm. But um, he did he did sign a new contract late last season when it was pretty clear Wednesday were deep in a relegation battle and did so without a relegation clause in it. So really, he he's done all that he can to um, to reassure the fans that he that he doesn't want to go. You know, he said it numerous times. In the media, you know, there's always the nagging doubts, of course, that the the club will will accept a, a bid from somewhere, and that will that will change things. But I just don't get the impression that he's a he's a, a player who wants to leave. And I, I hope for Wednesday's case that um, for for Wednesday's sake that, that that proves to be the case. Mm, same here, same here. And um, turning our attention to Bradford City, um, they've recently completed the signing of Keelan Lavery. Uh, who is no stranger to this part of the country, having played for both Sheffield clubs as well as Rotherham United. Um, what can Bradford City, um, both the fans and the club, expect from him uh, going into next season? Well, I think when he signed, um, Derek Adams talked about the um, the sort of directness he can give them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's obviously got an aptitude for scoring in big games. I mean, you know, at Sheffield Wednesday, he scored... Uh, 
twice in a 6-0 win over Leeds, famously, and uh, and scored against Rotherham. So, you know, clearly there's there's a, a good bit of mentality in there. He brings he brings a fair degree of experience and and some competition up front. I mean, we saw that last season with with Danny Rowe and uh, Andy Cook for the short time they were together. Andy Cook's back again. It's it clearly um, Derek Adams wants and needs um, competition up front, and I think Lavery's you know part of that package. Hmm. So, so he could be used as a, a sort of a motivational competition for 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 the um, for the boys up front then. And, and vice versa, and you know Andy Cook and Co could be used as, as, as motivation for him. I think I think nowadays, you know, with the with the use of substitutes in squads, you you, you can't just rely on it, on any one person up front. I mean, Bradford, it was difficult for them at times last season to sort of balance Rowe and Cook at, at times in the in the spring because you know you felt they were both they were both des- deserving of of more football than you know maybe the fact. Maybe the fact that there was that chopping and changing was a bit of a factor in in Rowley for Chesterfield. Although I'm sure there are others as well. But um, yeah, you, you 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 do need that, and 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 he will be he will be part of it. I think. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how he's implemented in the in in the squad uh, going into next hmm. season. And um, moving on to uh, some sad news. Uh, now, which is that former Leeds United legend and Doncaster Rovers manager Terry Cooper has died aged 77. Uh, he joins a list of Leeds United uh, greats who have left us over the past 15 months, which include the likes of Norman Hunter, Jack Charlton, Trevor Cherry, Mick Bates and Peter Lorimer. Um, what I wanted to ask you, Stuart, was uh, we seem to have seen the passing of a generation of players uh, who have had a massive influence on the Leeds United uh, uh, history. Um, how do you rate their contribution? Well, I think, you know, I think the great sadness of this for Leeds, I mean, obviously the times we're going through at the moment, you know, all clubs probably have suffered the loss of, um, you know, of, of former players. And it's it's been an extremely sad time. But mm-hmm. for Leeds in particular, you, you know, They've they've lost so many you know really great figures in their in their history, um, you know, and I, th- I think that's I think that's th- that's been hard to take, and, it, and it's probably been even harder to take for the fact that uh, a lot of these have passed away when we've been in various degrees of of lockdown, and fans haven't really been able to celebrate the lives of these people, you know, at Ellen Road. Um, it's it's one th- one thing. These are uh, these are really good at, at the moment. Is sort of paying due respect to um, to these the, these people, and 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 I expect with with Cooper, I expect you know when we when we next see um, next see Leeds in action at Ellen Road when they uh, when they play Everton uh, later this month, I expect there'll be some sort of um, some sort of tribute to him, and it, and it's it, it's greatly deserved. You know, he was the man after all who scored. Uh, who scored the only goal when they won their first uh, first major honour, the uh, the League Cup final in nineteen sixty nine, and and you know he was he was a hugely significant figure for Leeds once once Don Revy converted him from a winger to a to a fullback, but you feel as though he could have been even more significant had it not just been for a for a broken leg in in nineteen seventy two, which you know effectively ended ended him as a, a sort of 
a really top level player. I mean, he, you know, he went on to play for for Middlesbrough, for Doncaster, and others. So it wasn't it wasn't the end of his career, but it, it certainly sort of cut him short in that respect. And you know, you look at the others. I mean, Peter Lorimer, you know, the club's the club's record goal scorer, even though he didn't play as a centre forward. You know, Jack Charlton, a, a World Cup winner. You know Norman Hunter alongside him, just you know one of one of the greats of the club, and and someone who who like Lorimer and others really really stayed involved. You know after he after he finished playing, and and Trevor Cherry, who was he was a big a big um, character for for Leeds and Fortersfield. You know coming in and 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 uh, filling in, well more than filling in, and coming into that that left back role. You know when uh, when Cooper's time came to an end, so they they're all. Really important figures, Bates too. You know, even though um, he was sort of behind Johnny Giles and, and Billy Bremner in the in the pecking order in midfield, he still managed to play a, a huge part in in Leeds history. And it, it's just sad to see so many of these teammates go at once. Sad for the clubs and, and sad for the sad for the teammates who were left behind. You know, it's um, it's it's really it's it, it's really it's really sad for Leeds, and uh, unfortunately. That that's that's uh, I say that's the time we're we're, we're living in at the moment. But um, yeah, it, it it just really is a very sad time. Mm. Yeah, because like you said, um, the Leeds United fans haven't been given the the proper chance to sort of celebrate their lives um, because the the recent passing of the the other former players. Um, came when we weren't allowed to go into into grounds. We weren't allowed to to see games. And when I was reading uh, some of the names that uh, that had passed, I was thinking, when we do get back into football grounds uh, this season, there will be a fair amount of cheers and applause, and basically them paying their respects and celebrating their lives. Absolutely, and and. You know they won't they won't be forgotten about as well. I mean, you know we've we've had a we've had a stand named in uh, in in Jack Charlton's honour, for example, since uh, since his passing and what have you. And you know uh, Leeds Leeds put some very prominent banners around the ground when the when the stands were empty and all that sort of thing. I do I do think they are a football club at the moment who are who are clued up to um, you know respecting that history and and making the most of it and. Uh, yeah, I do, I do think uh, I do think we'll get um, we'll get these people. It's it's hard to say um, given given honoured in the in the way that they deserve because that's probably probably just not even possible. But um, I think we I think we will get sort of a proper recognition of their um, of their contributions to the club, which have been absolutely massive. Hmm. Yeah, so hopefully they'll be able to. Um... Well, the, the fans will be able to pay their respects and um, celebrate their lives um, accordingly when when we go back to uh, football grounds. Mm. Um, and uh, the next topic of discussion uh, keeps our focus on Leeds United, um, and that is uh, Leeds United have actually signed uh, goalkeeper Christopher Clarsen. Um, do you think he could be used as a motivational challenge for uh, Ilan Melier? I think he'll be brought in to to do a similar job to to the job that Melier was brought in to do a couple of years ago. Really, you know, coming at, at a young age as a goalkeeper who can really develop and and challenge 
fairly soon to be to be first choice goalkeeper. And I thought Melio was excellent last season when you consider it was when you consider his age and the fact that it was his first um, experience of the Premier League. You know, he he, he did have his, his odd his odd odd moments here and there of you know a bit of rashness or hesitancy or something like that, but nothing out of the ordinary. You know, all all goalkeepers make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that the best goalkeepers make the fewest mistakes, and he didn't make many. He he adds a lot to um, to the Leeds team. You know, he's a very modern goalkeeper in that you know he can uh, contribute with his with his feet as well as his hands, <clears throat> and um, it's a bit of a show of confidence in him that. Leeds have have tried to um, well ha- have brought in a a twenty year old as a second choice goalkeeper rather than somebody more experienced. But um, he'll know from his own experience that um, you know Marcelo Bielsa is not the sort of person who will disregard somebody because of the numbers on the birth certificate. Mm-hmm. I think if uh, if Carlson comes in and and, and does well, uh, sorry, Carlson comes in and does well, then. Um, he will, you know. I'm sure he will be given his opportunity in time if if he merits it. And it it, it, it could be fascinating over the next few years to see how that uh, how that battle develops. But uh, you know, I think in the short term, I think he's got um, he's got some hard work to do because I don't see Melier being uh, being moved away any time soon. No, and you, you were mentioning about the um, the age and the sort of. Uh, that being a sort of focus for for Leeds United, because I, I was wondering, because uh, Casilla uh, has now uh, gone out on loan, um, I was thinking possibly get someone uh, of a similar age to Casilla. But when I found out that this guy is actually younger than uh, Melier, um, I was thinking possibly this is a um, a sort of um, development plan for the future. Well, I mean, there's, there's clearly um, a real effort at Leeds, a really uh, laudable and sensible effort at Leeds to not just build a team for now, but to build a team for the future as well. Um, there's, there's been, we've seen a lot of signings made in the sort of uh, 17 to 21 age group of, of young players who they, they, they clearly want to... Um, to develop for the future, Caprile is another goalkeeper who who falls into that category. Um, there is a lot of thought going into the to the longer term future at Leeds, and um, it brought a little bit of reward last season with them winning the Premier League Division Two. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go in Division One next season, the first time there. Um, but yeah, the, 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 there's, there's clearly some long-term thinking, and, and Klassen is part of it. It's it, it's great to see them, great to see them thinking about that um, when they have, frankly, such a such an old manager who's who's not going to be there for the long term. But so, sometimes when you have a manager in that position, the the, the thinking of the club can become very short-term. But that that clearly isn't the case at Leeds. Hmm. Yeah, they, they, they seem to be. Um sort of fixed on the idea of developing a team that they can carry forward and uh, basically continue um, uh, for for seasons to come, which which is a really good uh, indicator. Of course, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, now we turn our focus to Sheffield United, um, who have stayed very quiet during this off-season. Um, what 
could this mean for them as the season draws closer and should we be worried uh, with the, uh, the sort of lack of uh, business that's gone on? Well, I do think I do think that squad needs a, a, a bit of freshening up for next season. Um, you know, you, if you if you look back in recent years, there's there's kind of been an increasing trend for clubs to be clubs to be relegated from the Premier League and to bounce back almost well bounce back at the first attempt, um, basically through their parachute money, allowing them to sort of keep the keep the core of the squad together. And, uh, and and win promotion straight away, you know, as we saw with Norwich last season, for example, with Timo Puki uh, scoring all, all the all the goals for them as they came back up. But nevertheless, you've got a new manager um, who's, who it would seem is going to play in in a in a slightly different way. Um, so that in itself will you know demand different players and and, and different thinking, but. You know the blades are in a in a difficult dilemma, really, because again, to look at to look at the other clubs, generally the way they achieve that is to sell one or two sort of high value players, sacrifice them so that they can keep the rest and add to them. And um, Sheffield United are in the position at the moment where Aaron Ramsdale and Sander Berg, in particular, are in a lot of demand elsewhere. You know, Arsenal in particular, we think. Uh, uh, a keen on both of them, George Baldock. There's interest in him, um, and there's that dilemma: do you do you let one of your best players go mm-hmm. um, to to strengthen the rest? You know, it's it's the same it's the same dilemma as with Lewis O'Brien at Huddersfield, as we were talking before. Same dilemma as as, as with others. Um, but I, I do I do actually feel that for the for the greater good, as it were, um, they could they could do with letting one of those go for a decent fee and bringing in three or four different three or four players in in different positions to to just freshen things up they they look a little bit they they they're top heavy up front at the moment you know they accumulated a lot of a lot of center forwards under chris wilder um but they they just just lost a bit you know defensively and and in midfield Keen Bryan's contract ran down Bill Jackie Elkers left Ethan Ampadu's loan has come to an end. Um, I, d- I do feel they need a bit more in those areas. You know that Jack O'Connell is is still having his struggles to get back to full fitness, so that's obviously obviously a big concern. So I I do think hard though it is and uh, uncomfortable though it is, they could they could really do with with selling at, at least one, <clears throat> one of those players. But then, if they do, they'll obviously have to spend that money very wisely. Hmm. And like you said, it's it's never easy going into a new season when you have to decide who you want to keep and who you believe um, would benefit from from leaving the club. Because at the end of the day, you have to do what is right for the club. Um, and it, it, it is difficult because you want to try and keep that sort of core group of players who who helped you perform well one season going into the next but again you you just can't be sentimental about these things in sports well a lot of the time it's made a bit easier for these clubs mm-hmm. um because you come down and i say people who've supported clubs who've been in that position can probably 
can probably visualize a, a few, but you come down and there's a couple of people who identify themselves immediately as ones to sell because of the way the way they behave or their desperation to get back into the Premier League. You know, the exact reverse of everything we were saying about Barry Bannon yep. before. There's there's, there's there's often one or two who are a bit a bit like that and say and and sometimes there are others who you just look at and you think well they're just too good to to hold back you know you you, you might look at it and say well it's just not almost not fair on Sanderberg as a as a midfielder who's played in the Champions League to deny him the chance to play in in the Premier League but it, it does seem that that Berg and and Ramsdale and the others are such good personalities that they're not they're not causing the sort of Harry Kane problems at, at, at Sheffield United mm. at the moment. They're not. They're not. They're not making life more more difficult for the manager in that respect, which is absolutely great. But it does it does make that decision, you know, all all, all the tougher because you know you don't you don't want to lose people like that. Of course you don't. Mm. You don't. You know, Sheffield United have already lost Aaron Ramsdale once. They don't want to lose him again. He's he's a really good goalkeeper, and uh, and you know it will weaken weaken them in the goalkeeping department for him to go but say it might allow them to to strengthen enough in other departments that as as a group they are stronger hmm. yeah, it's, going to, it's going to be very interesting to see um how they how they continue to build their um the, the squad and uh, what uh, sort of transpires as the um as the season draws closer um and our next topic of discussion looks at Barnsley, who have made uh, another signing in the form of Belgian striker Aaron Leia Iseka. Um, do you think he could be uh, the, the key to getting Barnsley into the playoff places? Well, I wouldn't just put it all on on him, Mark. I think uh, you know they've signed Obi Alara as well. They've also um, brought in Josh Benson um, and Devante Cole. I think there's a you know there's a real Effort from Barnsley this season in a summer where we've seen um, most football league clubs quite rightly uh, not spend money on transfer fees. You know, given the financial climate we're in, um, Barnsley have made a conscious effort to go out and buy players, and the, the reason they've done that is not recklessness; it's because they've been able to reinvest um, the compensation money they've received for Valerian Israel and others. Uh, leaving for West Bromwich Albion, so there's a clear determination on their part to um, to kick on, uh, you know, after an excellent season last season, and to sort of spread the talent around a bit. So it's not all on all on one person's shoulders. And uh, one thing we know about that club is that in recent years, in particular, they've become extremely adept at identifying talent uh, and signing it, and they've they've signed two. Two Belgian strikers who look like they have good pedigree and the right sort of um, physical characteristics um, to fit into their their style of play. And uh, and Josh Benson's an interesting signing, really. He's a he's a midfielder who was brought up in Arsenal's academy, and you kind of think of all the all the strengths of players that come through Arsenal's academy and all the weaknesses of Arsenal players at the moment. But then he moved on from Arsenal to Burnley, and you would. You would think that you know a few years working under Sean Dyche would give a player those attributes that, that stereotypically you know Arsenal players lack a little bit in terms of that sort of extra ruggedness and determination and what have you, which uh, which will be needed. So hopefully he's got the right blend 
to sort of um, step into the big shoes left by Alex Mowat and mm. provide the technical quality that, that Mowat had, but also the, you know, physicality and determination that you need to, that you certainly would have needed to play in a, a Valerian Ismail style and, uh, team. And I think you will need to play in a Marcus Shot one, which won't be quite as physical and direct, but won't abandon those principles altogether either. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's been quite encouraging from Barnsley. We'll 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 wait to see how things actually pan out when they play. Um, but um, but Isaka looks like another another well thought out signing. Um, so on top of the, on top of those three buys and and Devante Cole. So we'll we'll wait to see how it pans out. Yeah, de- definitely wait and see um, how things pan out for them. And our final discussion topic for this week uh, looks at basically the EFL starts this coming weekend with uh, Yorkshire clubs featuring in all the EFL leagues. Barnsley opening their account at Cardiff, Huddersfield Town travelling to Derby County, Hull will be away at Preston and the only Yorkshire club who are at home in the championship are Sheffield United who welcome Birmingham in the Saturday evening fixture. Um, Are there any standout games for you there, Stuart, or... um, Basically, is there anything that you're particularly looking forward to? Um, I'm quite excited just by by the start of the season. To be honest, you know, oh. as, as you mentioned earlier, I was I was at um, I was at Hillsborough the other week for the, the the League Cup tie, and just to just to have fans back in the ground again for a competitive game just makes such a big difference. And a, a lot of these clubs are going to either be having it. Well, are going to be having crowds for the for the first time, certainly in in, in big numbers um, for competitive football. So that that should be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be at Bramall Lane. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing how Sheffield United have adapted under under Jukanovic, uh, this season. Like a lot of clubs, they've had a very disrupted pre-season because of COVID uh, in their camp and in others, and they've only been able to have two two pre-season friendlies, so that's obviously made it difficult for to sort of stamp a new a new style on a on a team. So it will be it will be fascinating how they go. And as, as I say, I, I do think I do think there will be more signings to come. Never mind, should be more signings to come at Bramall Lane. So um, it might be a little bit of a uh, a slightly false impression of of what's to come from from the Blaze, but nevertheless. It'll be interesting to see how they go. I think I think Huddersfield's game um, jumps out a bit because they're at Derby County, and we we know what a mess. I think most most people listening will appreciate what, what a mess things have been at, at Derby County this summer. So mm-hmm. there's a, a real opportunity for Huddersfield to build on that um, penalty shootout cup win with a, a first league win of the season, and uh, obviously you know the way they. The way they finished last season, they they do need to get off to a good start to just to just build a build a bit of confidence. Um, you know, Barnsley a bit bit like um, bit like Sheffield United. Just be interesting to see the the new coaches coaches imprint on the team. Hull made a lot of changes this season to uh, you know a title winning team to try and step up to the um, to the to the championship. So mm. it'll be. Uh, It'll be interesting to see, you know, how how much they how much they've changed, how much the, the new faces have have improved things, and, and there'll be interesting games down the division as, as well. You know, even even since that League Cup game, Sheffield Wednesday continue to make uh, to make a lot of signings and some quite impressive ones. So 
it should be a, should be a feel good factor around them. It's a, it's a pity for them really that they're that they're away from home. But they you know they did get to play at Hillsborough last week. But um, it's a pity they're away from home, not not able to sort of fully cash in on that uh, on that feel good factor when they're at Charlton. But um, yeah, there should be um, there should be a lot a lot of interest in football. You know, it's always for me personally anyway. It's it's always good to. Uh, to just get back into it, you know, after uh, only a couple of weeks since the European Championships, but a bit longer since the uh, since the domestic season. Mm-hmm. Just just good to see how how teams are shaping up and and and, and get that the feel of the feel of passionate crowds and competitive football back again. YorkshirePost.co.uk Many thanks to Stuart Rayner, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages. Or email us directly with the subject matter as football talk podcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening. Look after yourselves and bye for now.